How are you today? Are you sure? How many of you are married here? Okay. And how many of you intend getting married? Okay. Okay. Before we go into, into my sharing, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give you tips. Okay. But before we go into that, I just want us to spend some time to worship the Lord. I am privileged to be here and I'm privileged to share what I'll be sharing with you. And um, I just want to thank Pastor Colin, um, Pastor Bruce, and Gabriel um, for giving me this opportunity to, to share with you. It would be interesting for you to know that my wife and myself, we've been part of Kensington Temple since 1990. Okay, so we've been here that long. Okay, and I just want, Peter, you know me by now. Let's just, I just want us to stand on our feet and begin to worship.
Thank you, Adonai. Thank you. We bless your name. We ask, oh Lord, that you will do that which you intend to do in this place today. That you speak to the hearts of husbands and wives. You will speak to the hearts of those who are planning to get married and need tips, oh God. Father, restore the fire in marriages. Restore and open the eyes of your children that they will know the purpose for which they have been called to. Be glorified, be exalted in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated and the people of God said, Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to say welcome to those um, watching on the internet and um, may God bless you. And I just want you guys to bring out your pens and papers. I enjoy it when people take notes and I'll try as much as possible not to try not to go too fast. Okay. Um, when I'm preaching, you don't have to take notes. It is necessary. But what I'm sharing this afternoon, I think it will be essential for you to take notes. Okay. I've been asked to share on the topic, keeping the fire burning. Amen. Keeping the fire burning. And what I've done, I've looked at a scripture in Leviticus 6 verse 13 that says, fire shall be kept burning continually on the altar. It is not to go out. And I believe that just as God wanted the fire on his altar never to go out, he wants us to keep the fire in our marriage burning. Can someone say amen? amen. My wife and myself, we got married in 1989. We practically had no idea of what we were going into but we loved each other. We had no counseling. Even though we had no idea of what was awaiting us in the marriage, one thing was sure, we did not want appearance type of marriage. Amen? The one thing that was key for us was we wanted to love each other, be with each other, staring at each other, walking with each other, holding hands, because this was what we were used to during our courtship. Never quarreling, never arguing. After all, we never argued during courtship. We were so polite to each other. We went out dining together. How many of you remember your days of courtship? But there was something we lacked Experience, we lacked knowledge, but we had something. Guess what it was? Expectations. Amen. Even though we had no clue what was awaiting us in marriage, we had expectations. And some of those expectations were planned expectations. And what I mean by planned expectations, they are expectations of what we have agreed. We had unrealistic expectations. And those unrealistic expectations are expectations that our spouses will never have been able to meet. Amen? We had realistic expectations, and those realistic expectations were actually based on the word of God that says husbands should love their wives. Amen? 
And I know women hate to hear this one. Wives, submit to your husbands. But I know clearly in my heart of hearts that when the Lord says submit to your husband, he wasn't talking about you being a doormat. Okay? What the Lord was saying was you coming alongside your husband. Amen? So that the two of you can run the race that he has set before you. Unfortunately, after the wedding, some or most of those expectations were not met. As unmet expectations began to mount, the fire began to diminish. We began to see each other's faults and frailties and began to vocalize them. We were born again, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking, devil-bashing, and heaven-bound. We began to watch this hot, fairy love we had for each other turn into disappointments. Amen? I remember those days, I'll go visit my wife. She'll walk me down. When we're still courting, she'll walk me down to the bus stop, and then I'll walk her back, and she'll walk me back. We won't want to leave each other. You know, that kind of a thing. And unfortunately for me, I think I grew up, please don't say this to anybody, I grew up reading Mills and Boons. Some of you are too young. I grew up reading romantic novels. As much as I was reading some of the tough novels, I read the, the, the romantic ones. And in my mind, you know, we were, coming to, we were coming together. Romance, love, amen. But unfortunately, as those disappointments began to mount, we began to see our faults. Love became thin and faults became thick. Amen? We still loved each other. We never failed to tell each other about our love for one or another. But obviously there was something wrong. You know, when God commanded the priest in Leviticus 6, 13, that the fire must not go out. He had a reason. He had a purpose. As we began to seek God's face in prayer for our marriage, in 1997, God spoke to my heart to start what we call a married couple's fellowship. That was when God began to open my eyes and my wife's eyes to see that he has a purpose for us. As he began to reveal why he brought us together, God began to show us how his purpose for our marriage will enable us to keep the fire burning. I want you to understand one thing today, that God's purpose for your marriage will keep your fire burning. Many come into marriage without knowing the purpose for which God has brought them into marriage. Why do you think of all the people on this earth? Why did it have to be the person you call your husband or the person you call your wife? There are 7 billion people on this earth. Am I right? So why did it have to be me? Why did it have to be my wife? Why did God bring both of us together? Why did God bring you and your husband and your wife together? He has a purpose. Amen. And what keeps the fire burning is when you can discover the purpose for which God has brought both of you together. Amen. 
I want you to understand something. Have you ever asked yourself, what is my purpose? Some of you have read The Purpose Driven Life by um, Rick Warren. If God has a purpose for your life and mine, what then makes us think he does not have a purpose for us in marriage? Amen? You have a unique God-given gift and talent. But just as God has a plan for you as an individual, just as God has a purpose for your life as an individual, he also has a purpose for you as a couple. When people come to us for counseling, one of the questions we always ask them is that what is your purpose? Why do you think God brought both of you together? As a couple, God's will is for you to succeed. You might not believe that, but that is God's will for you. Some of you may already know what God has called you to. The question is, are you walking in it? Because when you walk in it, it will spark the light. It will spark the fire. Let me ask you a question. If you had no restrictions, you and your husband, you and your husband, how would you spend your days and time? Dream big. When God gave us this idea about married couples fellowship, we began to dream big. And as we began to dream big, it began to ignite that fire that was already going out. We were able to begin to talk. We had something to talk about. Amen? What is it that you and your spouse will really love to do? What is it that brings both of you joy when you do it? What is it that brings sparkles into your eyes when you discuss it? Amen? Because when those things bring sparkles into your eyes, when it brings excitement in you, you begin to realize, wait a minute, this is the way God wants us to go. When my wife and myself sit down to talk about marriage or even plan to, to, to speak at an event, it brings a kind of joy into our heart because we know we're doing what God has called us to. Amen? We have three children 22, 20, and a nine-year-old. When those older ones, the two, went off to university, it was glorious for us because it was just the two of us. We can talk, we can do whatever we want to, but there was a time we struggled with that. God has not brought you into marriage just for you to work and pay bills. God has not brought you into marriage just for you to have children. God has a purpose greater than what the two of you are in. Amen? In Genesis 2.15, the Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Amen? But when you look at Genesis 1.27 to 28, he says, so God created human beings in his own image. In his image, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Isn't it interesting that in Genesis 2.15, God said to the man, tend and dress it. But when he now spoke to both of them, 
He gave them a bigger assignment. Amen. So in marriage, God has given you a bigger assignment because there are two of you. Doesn't the Bible say one put a thousand to flight and two puts ten thousand to flight? So God knows why he's brought both of you together. Amen. So that you can do great things for him. Hallelujah. God has a purpose for you as a couple. Purpose was what was missing in our marriage. And when we found it, it brought about sparkles. It brought about light. It brought about the fire that we found missing. Amen. The second thing I want you to understand that will bring, that will bring about the fire in your marriage is expectations. God had to deal with our ideas of expectation. We have placed so much expectations on each other. Amen. And what it was, was we were trying to change each other. Don't try to change your spouse. Amen. I grew up in a home where you come home, eat. But my wife grew up in a home where there was a dining table. She ate on the dining table. Everything was done uh, meticulously. But me, mm, I'm from... um, that area where you just come in, you get your food, you eat, you watch TV. And my wife was trying to change me. And that caused a problem. She wanted me to eat on the dining table, but I'm, I'm not used to dining tables. Amen? She wanted me to eat with fork and knife. I'm not used to fork and knives. Hello? You understand what I'm saying? As we began to try to change each other, there, was, there were struggles. We were fighting. But when we discovered our purpose, we now had to bring our expectations before God. What then happened was that God became the center of our marriage. And when God became the center of our marriage, everything we were struggling to do, we had to bring it to his feet. Amen. So I didn't have to change my wife. I didn't have to complain about what she was doing. My wife would complain about me going into the kitchen and not tidying the kitchen up because I'm not used to it. Amen. But as we allow God to begin to walk in our life, we began to see the change. I wasn't trying to change my wife. My wife wasn't trying to change me, but we just allowed God to speak to us. Amen? Why don't you think of something your spouse is good at, but you are not? And begin to appreciate them for what they're good at. As God began to reveal his purpose for our marriage to us, we began to take our focus of the unrealistic expectations we had put on each other and began to trust God more. Amen? Number three. This is quite interesting because to keep the fire burning, you need to be honest, transparent, and be a person of integrity. Don't say to your spouse, I'm going to Peckham, but later on here, you are in Notting Hill Gate. Amen? In Genesis 2.25, the Bible says, now the man and the wife, his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. 
What does this mean? It means that Adam and Eve were transparent before one another. And they had no problems with that. Amen? I believe that the world deals in secrecy, but we cannot keep the fire burning in our marriage on secrecy. We have to be transparent. To keep the fire burning, we cannot lie to each other and expect the fire to go on burning. We cannot pretend to love one another when we have secret lovers on the internet. Hello? We must give each other the opportunity to be themselves. We must be able to share in each other's joy, happiness, and disappointment. There's a need for us to know each other's friends. There's a need for us to tell each other where we're off to or where we have been. You know, sometimes there are things you may feel they're difficult for you to share with your spouse. It's better for you to share it now than to have your spouse discover it and then doubt your honesty. Mistrust is one of the key, the key deal breakers in marriages. And once trust is lost, forget it. It will be difficult to get it back. Amen? I'm going to be vulnerable here with you guys. My work enables me to work with another colleague. And my colleague happens to be a lady. And we've worked together for years. And then all of a sudden, I found myself always looking forward to being with her. Okay? And one day, as the Holy Spirit began to deal with me in this area, I just called my wife, sat her down, and I said, darling, I have to be honest with you. This is what I'm going through. You see, when we are that transparent, it enables our spouse to come alongside us and fight with us. Amen? Some years ago, um, <laughs> Gabriel was telling you about me being on a program in Nigeria, Mirror in the Sun. When I got married, my wife came over to England. And when she came over to England, she had my photograph on a table. Okay? And there was this girl in her office who was a friend to her. Every time she saw me, she would giggle. Uh, or I saw my photograph on my wife's desk, she would giggle. And my wife used to wonder, why is she doing this? And then one day, she then said to my wife, said, do you know that my friend and your husband used to date? And then my wife said, what's your friend's name? And she told my wife her friend's name. And my wife said, oh, my husband told me long ago before we got married. And my wife told her who she is, where she lives, and what she used to do. Amen. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that in marriage, you cannot keep anything secret. Amen. You have to be transparent. I'll tell you how transparent we are. My wife knows my bank account. She knows my PIN number. She transfers money from my account when she wants. Hello? Hello? <laughs> 
You understand what I'm saying? I, she has access to every internet site I have gone into. She has access to the PIN number on my mobile phone. So she can pick it up at any given time and see what I'm doing. Hello? That keeps the fire burning. Amen? <laughs> Let me, number four, because I'm looking at time and I want to be able to touch all the points. Spiritual maturity. I've come to discover when my wife and myself counseled couples, we've now come to realize that the biggest problem is not communication among Christians, but spiritual immaturity. And the Bible is very clear in what it says to us as Christians. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? He says, By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we have the word of God in our life, when we are ready and prepared to grow, and we're not expecting our spouse to be the one that grows, and we are babies, then we will see a difference in our marriage. Amen. The lack of understanding of what the word of God is saying is so evident when we counsel. I do marvel sometimes when I speak to some people, and you hear them quote T.D. Jakes. You hear them quote Joyce Mayer. You hear them quote Creflo Dollar. You hear them quote Joel Austin and many other people, but you do not hear them quote the word of God. And then you wonder why we struggle sometimes in our communication or in our walk with God in our marriages. The disciples said this in Luke 24, which has always been a blessing to me. They said to each other, Luke 24, 32, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us? When he opened to us the scriptures. When we open the scripture, when we look in the scriptures, it brings about the fire in our marriage. When we spend time together as couples to pray, when we spend time together as couples to go through the word, when we determine to grow as individuals, I'm not just talking about coming to church. I'm talking about building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Amen? Jeremiah says about the word of God, he says, but if I say, in, that's Jeremiah 20 verse 9, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart. Amen. The word of God has got to burn in your heart. And when the word of God burns in your heart, then the word of God will challenge some of the things we do in our marriages. Like if I decide not to speak to my wife because she's offended me, that's called malice, isn't that so? If I get angry with my wife until the following day, doesn't the Bible say the sun must not set on my anger? Okay? When we begin to bring the word of God into our lives, when we begin to grow spiritually, when we begin to mature as individuals in our marriages, guess what? It changes the atmosphere in our homes. Amen. Hallelujah. When you look at Ephesians 17, 
um, um, Ephesians 18. He says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is riot, but be filled with the Spirit. Then you look at Colossians 3.16. He says, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. So what am I saying here? As Christians, as married couples, we need to marry the Word and the Spirit. When we marry the two, I tell you, it brings a difference in your marriage. Amen. Hallelujah. Number five, spending time together. Amen. There is nothing that can substitute for that. You see, when you share quality time with your spouse, it brings about a bonding that nothing else can bring. It helps you communicate, which um, Gabriel will be sharing next week, so I'm not going to touch that. When you create a time for each other, don't let it be just to watch TV. Amen? Go for walks. Hallelujah. Find a game you can play together. Go away on romantic breaks. Go away and set goals. We go away once a year. We've been doing this for almost three years now where we just go away at the end of the year to set goals for ourselves. Amen? And that bite brings us together. Okay? Number six, make the most of your differences. You're both two unique individuals. Why try to change the other person? I think a long time ago I heard a story about a young lady who was getting married. And she was supposed to walk down the aisle, and as she walks down the aisle, they were going to sing a hymn. And so the pastor said to her, you must remember this, as you walk down the aisle, they're going to sing the hymn. And then when you come forward, we will do whatever we'll do. And as the lady was walking down, trying to remember what she's supposed to do, she was going, I'll alter him. I'll alter him. You do not alter your husband. You do not change your husband. You do not change your wife. It is God's job to do that. Amen. What you need to do is to try always to focus on the positive aspect of your spouse and show appreciation. And show appreciation. My wife is probably one of the most organized people you can ever come across. Organization is excruciating for me. I hate to organize. I hate anything where I have to do admin, but my wife is very good at that. But when it comes to ironing, I will iron for you any day. All my children hate ironing. My wife hates ironing, but I love to iron. I love cooking. My wife doesn't love cook, doesn't so much enjoy cooking, but I love to cook. You understand? And so we appreciate those things. We have those differences, okay? When my wife leaves in the morning, she leaves me a note, things to do. I hate it. <laughs> but guess what? Now I'm getting to enjoy it, okay? Because it organizes my day. Those differences, look at them and look at them from the positive side and not from a negative side. Amen. Sometimes when we look at those negative things, we actually are killing the fire in our marriage. Number seven, appreciation. Amen. There's a story about a plant in the Sinai Desert. 
that has this rare ability to survive in the hostile environment of the um, Sinai Desert. Apparently, this plant, when there is no rain, it begins to cover up. It begins to cover up. While all the other plants are wither and die, this plant doesn't. It just cover up and closes in until there is a drop of rain. When there is a drop of rain, it just comes back alive. And I believe that in our marriages, if we can learn to appreciate each other, if we can learn to speak a word of appreciation, listen to what Mark Twain says. Mark Twain says, I can live for two months on a sincere compliment. Rob Parson says, you can have a home with every labor savings device imaginable. You can have a prestigious job or the kind of face and figure that make the models on the catwalks look boring. But you will die inside without knowing that you matter to someone. So in our marriages, you must allow your spouse to know you matter. Amen? A survey was done in America. Majority of the women who were surveyed chose low self-esteem as the greatest fear in their lives. The least difficulty in their lives was aging. The women were not worried about aging. They were not worried about children. They were not worried about anything. They were just worried about low self-esteem. And how I've come to discover that sometimes in marriage, it's so easy to cause low self-esteem. And sometimes it's to do with the, with, the, with, the, with the pattern, our life pattern, as to how we grew up. If you grew up in a home where father and mother were constantly criticizing you, there's a tendency for you to bring it into your marriage. So which means there is nothing the, your spouse does that will please you. You will constantly criticize them. As married couples, if we spend more time complaining about each other's fault rather than complimenting the qualities in our spouses and vocalizing it, we're going to cause low self-esteem. If we complain and moan about everything, we're going to cause low, low self-esteem. So what do we do? Tell your spouse you appreciate them. Send them text messages. I think one of the things I love doing sometimes is sending my wife text messages. And recently, I sent her a text message, and I said to her, darling, I want you to know something. I've searched all over. I don't think there is anyone that can compare with you. And it's the truth. I've told her that she is God-given to me, and that's the truth. And when I sent it to her, I didn't get a reply. So I picked up the phone. I said, darling, did you see the text I sent to you? And she said, oh, my phone's been dead. And then she opened it, and then she saw it, and then she replied, oh. <laughs> Appreciation does something to people. Let's quickly try something. Why don't you just turn around to someone sitting next to you and tell them, you look beautiful. You look handsome. I can see, I can see a couple over there. They really enjoy saying that to each other. Do you know, try something different. 
I normally will give my wife birthday present. I wait for, I wait for her to wake up before I give her a birthday present. So on her 40th birthday, I just had this brainwave that, no, I'm not going to give her a present. So I began to write clues. I said, clue one, go to Susu's room, open a box. So she went in there, opened the box. The box says, move two steps to this side. And I was watching her go around the house looking for her present. And when she finally found it, it was, whoa. If you're going to do that, let it be an expensive present. (laughs) Amen. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that to keep the fire burning, let's begin today to create a sense of worth in our spouse. Amen. When we praise and affirm people, we're basically giving them dignity. When we need to tell our spouse, our children, they matter, we need to tell them they are worth something. Amen. Number two, practice the power of praise. Most of us don't praise people. We don't praise each other. I have learned to constantly say to my kids and my wife, you are wonderful. Amen. Praise them. I was just sharing with someone upstairs. I said, my daughter said they want to marry me. (laughs) They've been saying that since they were young. So now when I say to the oldest one, oh, that's my girlfriend. She goes, dad, don't you dare. And I say, but when you were younger, you wanted to marry me. (laughs) But create a sense of worth in your children. Create a sense of worth in your spouse. Amen? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Let's not crush their spirit, but lift them up with words of encouragement. Let us cover and heal their wounds. Amen. Develop, number, develop the touch of appreciation. I love to hug my wife. I love to hug my children. I love to hug them. And you know one of the things my wife loves, and I believe some wives love it here, when my wife is in the kitchen, for me to go into the kitchen and just give her a hug. I'm an African man. My father never did that. But I'm learning that my wife appreciates it. Amen? You see, for men, when a man touch, when you touch a man, it speaks of sex. But for a woman, it's security. It's appreciation. Because a woman craves for touch, for acceptance, for assurance and reaffirmation. Find the keys to appreciating them. Okay? Some, it might be bringing tea to them in the, in the bed. Some, it might be helping in the house. There was a story about a man who said to his wife, he said, I would love to go to somewhere that I've never been to before for vacation. And the wife said, that's good. Why don't you try the kitchen? <laughs> so sometimes, some of, some of you might... Men might never go into the kitchen to help. That might be an appreciation for the wife that you've gone into the kitchen, you've made them a cup of tea, amen. I'm not a flower person because when you give me flour, it's like giving me salad. (laughs) So I, I don't do flowers, but I know what to do to appreciate my wife. So what is it that you think your wife, what do you think your spouse loves? Do that. Amen. I'll quickly run on. Remember 
the good old days. So sometimes sit down and just chat about the good old days. Amen, how you met. Do an MOT. We can sometimes take each other for granted by prejudging each other. It is time to take a second look. If you're still doing the same thing that your spouse has been complaining about, it's time to stop it. Amen, and ask God to help you. Remember the good old days. And finally, you have to keep the fire burning. And the way you keep the fire burning, most importantly, is telling your spouse you love him or her. Tell them, reassure them. I will tell my wife, my children, I love you. I'll send them texts, I love you. I get off the phone, I love you. Amen? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to let them know that they, I care about them. I don't just tell, I don't just show it, I tell them. You know what it does? It gives them reassurance. Amen. Have you been blessed? Let's stand on our feet for five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. Okay. Let's stand on our feet. I don't know if you're here and you're not born again. You've heard everything that I've said, but you see, you don't know how God can help you in this area of what I've said. But I want to give you an opportunity, and this opportunity I'm giving you is the opportunity for you to step away into what will bring joy, gladness, happiness into your life. Is there anybody here? You're not born again. You do not know Jesus Christ. You've just stepped into this place. Our friend has invited you. I'm giving you the opportunity. Is there anybody here? Lift up your hands. You want to say to me, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Is there anybody here? The next group of people I want to call and pray for. Are you here and you're married and you do not know your purpose? And that's been causing problems in your marriage. Is there anybody here? Is there a couple here that want to say, I want you to pray with me because I'm struggling in the area of my purpose. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody here? You're actually hurting in your marriage because the fire, you can see the fire gradually diminish and you want the fire back in your marriage anybody amen I'm not going to ask you to come out but what I'm going to say to you is that we all are going to just begin to praise God together because what we're doing what you're doing you're bringing your marriage you're bringing your situation to the cross and you're saying Jesus help me Jesus help me and I want to assure you not because of who I am or what I can do but because of what the word of God says 
that there is power in the word. And we're going to release the word. He says, and he sent for his word and it healed their diseases. We're going to send for his word into your marriages and we're going to see God turn your marriage around. And if you're here and you're believing God to get married and you are like thinking, oh Lord, the right person. I want to say to you tonight that God is going to do a miracle in your life. Amen. Now let's begin to pray. Please just pray. Heavenly Father, I want you to be praying in your spirit. Be praying in the spirit. Heavenly Father, we just lift up every single person, oh God. Those who are seeking purpose in their marriage, I lift them up before you, oh God, and we declare that from today onward, let there be, oh God, the opening of their eyes to see the purpose that you have for their marriage. Father God, and those who are having struggles in their marriage, where the fire is almost out, some the fire is completely gone, we begin to call forth the igniting, an igniting in their marriage in the name of Jesus. Father God, we just thank you for those who are believing you, for a spouse, oh God, for a husband and a wife, that you will do it, oh God, and surprise them in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you guys.